welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. The one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. You know, it's interesting um, for those of you listening in, when I go out and I am speaking in public or I'm handing out copies of my book, people will come up to me and, you know, say, hey, would you sign my book? And they almost seem to have this hesitation. And as I talk to them, I'm like, you know, I'm on the New York Times Best Giver list. Of course you can have a copy. I'm happy to sign it. And what I've learned over time is people get a little intimidated when they, they meet someone that in their mind is, you know, either respected in the industry or uh, has written a book. And, you know, what? we're just like everyone else. However, today on the program, I am really pleased to have Don Peppers, which for me, I feel a little starstruck. And the reason is, is that as I've gone through my career and picked out some really great books uh, on what to read and how to learn how to be a great marketer, uh, Don has been a mentor and someone who I've never really met uh, before until earlier this week. So, Don, I just have to say going into the call, it's not only awesome for our listeners to have you on the program, but absolutely an honor uh, to be talking to you and have someone who's had a profound impact on my career. So thank you for that, and thank you for joining me on the program. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, uh, thanks a lot, and back at you. Well, I, I had a great professor. I, I mentioned to you, Jerry Rosen, uh, you know, told me, hey, if you want to be a great marketer, go into sales and do a tour of duty there and really understand why people buy. And mm-hmm. you um, have a tremendous number of passions. And the one that we really want to, I think, start off with today is that customer experience passion. And I was fortunate that the this morning I was on a panel down at Splunk's headquarters uh, in San Jose. And on that panel was a bunch of different folks, some on the client side, the practitioners and folks like me, uh, and sharing lessons that we have learned to protect and preserve culture while in a mode of hyper growth. And yeah. we had some folks there on the panel from Amazon Web Services, and they were talking about that all of their revenue is not about new logo, that the majority of their focus is all about adoption and that the key to their success isn't really about the net new customer, although that's an important objective of marketing, that all of marketing is really focused on their customer experience because adoption is a key to their growth and success. So it was a great way for me to start the day and now to have you on the program, someone with that expertise. So what have been your thoughts and learnings as you've seen companies do it right uh, and do it wrong and, and written, what, over a dozen books on this topic and other topics? Well, let's talk about Amazon Web Services, uh, AWS. Uh, um, they're basically uh, they're uh, a SaaS company, right? Uh, and and uh, software as a service is a classic early adopter of the kinds of uh, customer retention and customer loyalty strategies. They, they, they there's a whole mechanism for helping. Uh, clients become successful. Customer success, the customer success management movement uh, was really started in the SaaS type businesses because, you know, used to be if you wanted a new CRM system or something, you had to go to Siebel or Oracle, spend a million dollars, take 18 months implementing. And then when it, then when you had it up and running, it was yours. And if anything went wrong with it, you had to get them to fix it. But, you know, it was yours. You, you bought it. Now, you could go to Salesforce.com or or somebody else and and pay them forty thousand dollars a month, you know, and you have that system. Uh, and if you don't like it, you quit. 
so they want you to like it. Yes. They want you to be successful. Uh, so Amazon Web Services is one of the one of the biggest um, uh, platform providers for companies that really subscribe to the service. They don't buy it. You don't buy something from AWS. You subscribe, uh, and uh, if you don't like it, you leave. So they definitely want you to to use it and uh, and love it. To, to, to be successful with it. So they've got to apply these principles that we've been talking about for 25 years now. What, why? Our, book, our first book, Martha Rogers, my first book came out 25 years ago this year, 1993. Happy anniversary, 25 years. 25 years ago this year, yeah, 1993. Yeah, yeah. again, if you don't know Don, while you're listening to this podcast, if you're sitting in front of the computer, look Don up on LinkedIn. Um, Don has been awarded... Uh, the Times of London is one of the top 50 business brains. Accenture considers Don top 100 business intellectuals. And you don't get those kind of accolades without being a real, you know, uh, not only student, but teacher of excellent customer service. Question is, why do companies get it wrong? We were talking when, when you and I first connected about Blockbuster and what a, you know, crazy that they were making money off the, the bad behaviors of their clients, charging late oh. fees, and that there was no empowerment by their employees to break those company policies. It seems so intuitive that you should love your customer and hug your customer and deliver this, as you call, frictionless customer experience. But why don't companies do that? Why is it not intuitive? There's too much uh, profit in making short-term decisions. And businesses fundamentally are they're creatures of short-term thinking. Uh, it's the biggest malaise affecting businesses in the Western world today is very short-term thinking. And it's probably fed by what you might think of as what's called agency capitalism, where, in fact, uh, the people who run the company don't actually own the company. They're acting as agents for the owners. But their compensation is often based on short-term metrics, quarterly sales, even the stock price uh, can be manipulated in the short term. So there's a, there's a school of thought that one of the reasons why a company like Amazon, for instance, is much more customer-centric is that it's closer to its customers. It's got direct connection with the customers. There's no distributor network to interfere. But I think the main reason is it's owner-managed. Jeff Bezos owns the, he's the primary shareholder. Uh, you know, and it's it's almost comical to hear investors in Amazon complain that Amazon doesn't make a profit. It's making a heck of a profit, but it's in the future. It's just not realized on an accounting basis yet because our accounting system is based on 19th century accounting principles. They're, they're totally outdated for the, the kind of connected companies today. The vast majority of the market capitalization of uh, the largest companies in the world today consists of intangible assets, not tangible assets. And that's a reversal in just the last 20 or 30 years. That's a completely reversal of uh, how it used to be. Intangible assets are almost overwhelmingly, um, uh, exclusively almost, uh, customer value, the value of current customers and their expected future patronage. If that's your business goal to, to acquire customer loyalty so that your customers return money over and over and over again to you, then you'll have completely different policies and you will want to have a really good customer experience and you'll want your customers to trust you, to, to want to do business with you in the future. Even if it costs you money today, it will return a great deal more later. 
So how do people that are listening in on this podcast, primarily people in the field of marketing, how do we in the marketing department, I'm always out there talking about how marketing is the center of the universe and driving revenue. How can marketing drive the customer experience? What, what advice and thoughts do you have there? Well, there's a, um, there's a couple of issues here. Uh, when you say, how could marketing drive the customer experience? Are you designing the customer experience and improving it, or are you managing it? Who should in an organization yeah. today? Where does that where well, is that's, that owned? That's the question I'm coming to, um, because um, in terms of designing and maybe improving the customer experience, marketing by all means, the chief marketing officer, the chief customer officer, that's a customer function. What do we want to provide to our? What's our value proposition? How do we want to design that value proposition? But in terms of delivering the customer experience, that's the people who answer the phone, who take your cash, who collect your money who uh, uh, um, measure you for clothing or whatever it is. That's the customer contact people. Uh, and though that delivery of the customer experience is done basically by operations, uh, usually, uh, customer service perhaps. But, uh, and so there's a, there's, there's a real, as nowhere, as, as, as no time before, the, uh, the whole function of marketing now designing that customer experience, it's much more integrated with the actual mechanism behind the company's operation than it ever has been before. And it needs a more integrated approach. Uh, and one of the reasons companies get it wrong is because they're built to sell the most customers they can find this product when in fact uh, they now have the technology to sell the most products and services to this particular customer whose needs they understand. Uh, and it's a, it's a different dimension of competition. Yeah. I, you know, I've, I, the thing that I see our clients struggle with, I think every marketing department struggles with, especially like right now at the beginning of the year, is all of their focus and the majority of the focus is on net new. It's the marketing mm -hmm. plan for this year to get more customers. And so there's a lot of focus there, although the majority of companies' revenue, especially SaaS companies, comes from their install base. And B2C companies are masters at mining their install base and promotions and delivering value. I don't think B2B marketers are as strong there. When you think about the customer experience and where that's owned, um, using a couple examples, you know, Five Guys, uh, the burger uh, store, and, mm -hmm. you know, someone, someone really smart, clever, thinking about the customer, not thinking about profits, thinking about people mm -hmm. before profits, said everybody orders a burger and fries always wishes when they dig their hand in the fries that when they're done with a little baggie that there's just some extra fries at the bottom of the bag that fell out well they intentionally put fries at the bottom of the bag someone said i know our customers want that have that expectation mm -hmm. they even think they taste a little bit better so someone figured that out um, yeah. another example is you know double tree with their their warm chocolate chip uh, cookies that they give you when they check in so someone has thought about the customer's journey, the customer's engagement with them from start to finish, or should be, uh, and marketing plays such a key role in that, and I think it's evolving to how much marketing is playing a role in yeah. everything from click to close and beyond. And what you, I think what you're pointing out is the fact that um, there's an art as well as a science to marketing. Uh, it's not just data, because no amount of data is gonna tell you what Five Guys learned you know, or what Doubletree learned um, about the chocolate chip cookie or the fries in the bottom of the bag. That, those are insights that are human-based insights that require empathy and uh, uh, judgment uh, and creativity. And so marketing is a very 
human enterprise. And one of the things I think that's so critical is to get get yourself out of the corporate mindset of achieving new sales, um, new earnings, you know, and think about how would you like to be treated if you were the customer. Uh, and you know what? If you can figure out how to do that for customers, you're going to have customers for a long time. You know, if the only reason you do it is to sell more stuff, you'll fail. But if you do it to be good to customers, okay, if you do it to make your customers' lives better, you're going to sell more stuff. And it's, it seems fundamental to me. I mean, definitely part of our culture uh, at DemandGen, the mission of our company is making marketing heroes because we understand that you, you don't often feel like that in marketing. You shouldn't historically. Uh, and today you can really be the center of the universe and driving growth. And so um, you've got to walk in your client's shoes. And that was, again, why Jerry Rosen, you know, my professor back in college said, you know, go out and, you know, go be in sales and find out why people buy and what people do with your customers. And my recommendation in my book is always, you know, if you take a new job at a new company in marketing, spend mm -hmm. your first month just out with customers before you yeah. get the business yeah. plan and everything else put in place and figure out your team. Go learn about the products and services yeah. that your customers use. Hey, my very my very first job in marketing, I was at an airline. And one of the first things we did was um, we went to the reservation center and we recorded a half an hour worth of a random um, uh, res agent's inbound phone calls and the conversation. You know how it says your call may be recorded yep. for quality purposes. We just recorded, you know, a half hour tape every day. Made ten copies of it. I gave it to the ten officers at the airline, and I said, "This is the tape you should listen to on the way home or, or back from work uh, uh, today." That's you know, great. just. Just to see, in most of them, 90% of the conversations were routine. I need to book a reservation from Houston to Dallas, whatever. Uh, but that's where you hear about, you know, trouble also. That's where you hear about uh, excitement. For you, Don, you know, folks like you and I, we've been doing this a long time. I started my professional career in, in 1988 when I worked at Microsoft. And it's hard to imagine that my career is, you know, 30 years later. Um, What's changed for you? Has it been the more things change, the more things change, or are there still trends that you know your advisory services? You you know you you speak dozens and dozens of times a year to various companies. Are you talking about different topics, different ways than you were years ago, or still you know what what are people looking to get from you that maybe is different from what it was in the past? If it is different, um, my life's work has been making the world safe for customers. Love that. That's what I do. Okay. That's what I, I that's what I get up in the morning and, and try to think about doing. And it's, it keeps me alive and, and working and, and, uh, and cheerful and busy because <laughs> for most companies, it's not part of their business proposition. Making uh, the world safe for customers. Make the world safe for customers is what I'm trying to do. I love that. So, so, um, in 1993, when Martha and I came out with our first book, The One to One Future, we were imagine we were writing a book of business science fiction. What would the world be like for business if they could interact with individual customers one at a time? And we thought we were talking about a world 20 years hence. But by pure coincidence, within six months of our book, the first web browser from uh, uh, I believe Netscape yeah. was made available. Okay, um, and uh, uh, Mark Andreessen's uh, Netscape. Uh, and so suddenly, you know, uh, our book had languished on the shelves for about a year. 
and suddenly it became a cult hit among webmasters. Remember they used to call them that? Webmasters? Yes, yeah. Right? And like then a, there like was a, a webmistress, like, and then it had Yoda, to change to webmistress. You know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what's interesting, I think, about technology is that it is it is – it has increased the power of consumers a uh, hundredfold. Uh, and now businesses can no longer simply think of consumers, uh, their customers, their prospective customers as objects to be manipulated. That you really need empathy. Uh, uh, you really need to get, and that's the definition of customer insight involves empathy. What does mm -hmm. it feel like to yes. be that customer? Um, and then there's only a very small step from, knowing what it feels like to be that customer, to feeling the customer's pain. You know, whenever I have friction in my customer experience, I'm upset. I don't like that, you know. And, and, and uh, if businesses feel that pain, they try to take the friction out of the experience and make it easy. I, want, I just want my problem to go away. You know, I, that's why I tell companies, unless your name is Disney or maybe the Ritz-Carlton, your customers aren't coming to you for the experience they, they want a problem at, a hunger solved, uh, a need addressed, all right? And if that need were to be addressed without them ever darkening your door, that would be an ideal customer. The ideal customer experience is no experience. The need just goes away. Um, so how can you create an experience that is almost invisible to the customer in a sense that you are on the customer's side? The customer doesn't have to lift a finger to have that problem solved. Um, and I think that that's the ideal experience then over and, and when you get there then you can begin creating a human interaction a human connection and an engagement with the customer then you can engage with the customer emotionally but until you get the thing flawlessly done and 90 percent of businesses aren't flawless with their customer experience okay until it's flawless the customer doesn't want an emotional yeah. engagement they they want their problem met five guys double tree those companies, they've got it down. They've, they know their product is good. If, if Five Guys hamburger weren't great, that people wouldn't care that there were fries in the bag. They wouldn't be eating there. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. There's some, you know, uh, I'm out in San Francisco in the Bay Area. There's some incredible mm -hmm. places to dine. And let's face it, all the ingredients that go into food pretty much cost the same. No matter what restaurant you yeah. eat at, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the raw materials don't really have much of a different cost. There's exceptions, of course. However, it is the dining experience that has you go back to a restaurant, especially where you're, where you're paying fees. Like Gary Denko, for example, in San Francisco, mm -hmm. um, you know, who charges for the experience. You don't have to be also a really big company to have an amazing customer experience. In fact, just the no. opposite. I think it's easier exactly. to have an exceptional customer experience the smaller you are because the more agile and, and to infuse and, your culture. And the closer to the customer you are. For sure. The smaller you are, the closer to the customer you're naturally you are. Yeah. You know? There's a restaurant. Uh, I don't know where it is, but I've, I've seen their marketing materials, and they implemented uh, augmented reality. So when people sit at a oh. table uh, and it's dessert time, they've eaten, um, there's a show. And what that show is on the table there is augmented reality. A little guy comes out, looks like he's got like a snowblower, and he actually just, you know, they put down the plates, but then it builds the dessert um, in this augmented reality. So the scoop of mm. ice cream comes out, the toppings cool. come out, the, the <laughs> chocolate shavings. It's it's incredible. Mm. I'll, you know, I'll, on the on my LinkedIn post, I'll, I think I'll I'll put a link to it. I'll I'll find it. Um, it's incredible. And so while you're watching and being entertained with your dessert getting built in this augmented reality, at the end of that video, the dessert comes out from you know the, the service staff. 
And people are, you know, wondering, hey, is VR and AR going to take hold? I mean, if a small restaurant can incorporate technology in that way to make an amazing experience, who doesn't want to go to a restaurant and see an experience? All it takes is human imagination. It's the art of marketing, not the science of it. Who really does it right for you? What are clients of yours and, and people that have attended and read your books that you think, you know what, they get it now. They've, they've adopted it. Well, I've been writing about Amazon for a long time. I've never done a stitch of consulting work for Amazon. Uh, so I have no economic interest uh, uh, with the company at all. But for my money, they are the world's most customer-centric company by far. Um, you, you, you're, you could do a lot worse in any business than asking yourself, what would Amazon do and do that? Okay, they give you refunds before you ask for them. They remind you if you're buying too much or you bought something before or, you know, they 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 help you prevent. You know that when you're dealing with Amazon, they're going to act in your interest. And and that means it's um, uh, it's so much more frictionless to deal with them because you don't not only don't you have to, you know, do anything. You don't have to put your credit card in again. You don't even have to to check whether you have the book. Right? If you have the book, they'll tell you you already bought this book, yeah. for instance, that kind of thing. And for a company that has, I think, close to 500,000 or will employees this year and they're massive, mm-hmm. you know, it, it shows you the opposite, which is you can have a passion and deliver a customer a, yep. experience yep. Um, even in an incredibly large company. They're also innovative, right? Amazon Web Services came yep. out of innovation. The Echo product line came out of innovation. Alexa. A lot of trial and error goes on in Amazon. Uh, they didn't know AWS would be as successful as it was. They were surprised, frankly. Uh, and now it's like, I think it's like 40% or more of their operating profit is AWS. Uh, but another company I follow is uh, um, USAA, the insurance company. Okay. Uh, and Selling uh, the I, invisible, yeah. Yeah, that, well, uh, I've written about them for years. Uh, they And they've built their business based on what we call the principle of reciprocity. Let's treat the customer the way you want to be treated if you're the customer. I remember I was a USAA customer, you know, 30, 40 years ago when I bought my first house. Uh, and I called up and I said, I need a, I need an insurance policy for like a $30,000 house. And they said, no, no, Lieutenant Peppers, you don't need a $30,000 insurance policy because you're buying a house in Dayton, Ohio. I said, yes. Well, the city lot is probably worth $10,000. Send us the appraisal. So they sent me a much less expensive home insurance policy that covered my structure, just what I needed. I would have never known otherwise. And would another insurance company have done that? Maybe. But I know USAA will all the time. Uh, I know companies like Ally Bank, uh, they're, they're, they're oriented toward the customer. They want the customer to be successful. Uh, and I think that those are um, uh, the kinds of companies uh, that are going to be imitated around the world. When people hire you to speak on customer experience, what are you hoping they take away and do? What's the prescription leaving that conference that you want those folks to go and implement in their organizations? Well, I want them to get the basics of delivering a good customer experience uh, and, and what kinds of tools and capabilities and so forth. But what I really like to impart with an audience, what I think is a, cent- a, a very, very important message, is the importance of the people in your company. As the saying goes, you can't write a line of code that requires an employee to delight the customer. The employee has to want to do it. Uh, but if employees do want to do it, if they really do want to be customer-centric, then a lot of times... Missing data systems or misaligned metrics don't matter because they can triumph over them. 
I'll let me tell you a quick story. Um, uh, if we're close to the end here. I just want to give you this one story. You bet. Um, uh, Roger Dow told this story once uh, years ago. He said that uh, uh, he, he's the president for marketing at Marriott Corporation. Marriott had 435 properties in the U.S. He wanted a system so that uh, there would be a database so that if you were checking into one of those 435 hotels and if you'd ever stayed at that particular hotel before, he wanted the check-in clerk just to know that and be able to say, welcome back. Now, of course, today, that's a kind of a trivial task. But in those back in the late 90s when he told this story, this was a major undertaking. So he went to his IT people, and they thought about this problem for weeks. They came back and, well, yes, sir, yes, sir Mr. Dow, we can make this happen. But it's going to take a million dollars. It's going to take eight months. And he just went ballistic, he said. He just went ballistic. It's ridiculous. I'm not going to spend a kind of money. So he went off on a business trip that very day. He had that meeting. He went off on a business trip, and he stayed at a Marriott property outside Chicago. And he'd actually been at that property five or six years before, but they had redone their lobby, and that's why he was there now. He wanted to see what the new lobby treatment looked like and what the new desks look like, what everything. And he was very pleased, and he walked up to the check-in desk, and the clerk looked him in the eye, and he said, Welcome back, sir. And Dow said, excuse me? I said, welcome back. You've been with us before, haven't you, sir? And he looked at him. He said, yes, I have, young man. But do you know who I am? I'm the president for marketing in this corporation. My IT people tell me it takes a million dollars to do what you just did. So you better tell me how you figured this out. And the guy was very sheepish, but he, he said, well, I'm sorry, sir, but you know, you drove your rental car up to the front door, remember? And your bellman took your luggage and he asked you, have you stayed here before? And you must have said yes, because he put the luggage down and he pulled on his ear like this. And that means you stayed here before. So I said, welcome back. Boom. Yeah. Boom. That's an example of people who are motivated to be customer oriented, overcoming the lack of decision, the lack of data, the lack of insight. And that's what I, the message I try to leave with companies is, it takes a person has to be in there somewhere. Yeah. All the computers in the world, not going to do it. A person has to be in there somewhere. We are going to wrap up. But since you brought up Marriott, I will expand on that story and tell you that, you know, they, they not only must infuse that at the front desk, but um, a couple years ago, two years ago, uh, November 20th, uh, mm -hmm. two years ago, my father passed away mm -hmm. and I was staying at the Marriott Hotel in Warner Center. And I was having a really difficult morning because I knew that I was going over to talk to my parents. And it was probably going to be the last conversation that I had with the two wow. of them. Mm -hmm. And I came down and, and the gal at the Starbucks said to me, um, what do you have? And I just really paused. And then I just broke into tears. And it was just, mm -hmm. you know, just an overwhelming morning to me. And she said, is everything okay? And I said, um, it, it, actually, the tears were prompted by her saying, are you in town for business or pleasure? Ooh, and I, oh, I didn't, I was like, mm, yeah. I just got stuck. Yeah. And, yeah. and the tears came Either out. One. Yeah. So to shorten the story, at the end of the day, when I came back from my parents' house and went to the room, there was an entire tray of snacks and goodies with a note from her that says, you always have friends at the Marriott Hotel. Come see me if oh. you want to talk some more. And a very that's, personal note. I took a picture good. of it. I put it online. I thank the Marriott Corporation for mm -hmm. it. When, when uh, I think a form of viral uh, for about, a, I would say, two weeks, people were putting uh, hashtag Earl on the name of their coffee cups, which was wow. my dad's name to honor him from that story. But I was so moved by their exceptional that's customer amazing. experience. Wow. And, and, you know, and you know what? 
There's no policy at Marriott that required her to do this at all. It was initiative, personal initiative. But someone at Marriott has either hired for that initiative or helped train people about it. And that's a deliberate act. And that's the kind of company that you want to have, that kind of company. Love them. Don, thank you so much for being on the program. Thanks for just allowing me to reach out to you and say, I'm a guy who's passionate about marketing and demand gen, and I've uh, been a big fan of yours. Do you want to join me on the program? And here you are. So thank you for doing that. I love how approachable you are. Um, You know, you mentioned Amazon. I'm definitely going to reach out to Ariel and the team at AWS and and get you introduced to them. For those of you listening on the program, I know many of you hold conferences. You're always looking for speakers. There's a number of conferences getting planned this year, or you're looking to motivate and inspire your teams. Reach out to Don. I mean, he's very, as you can tell, he's very approachable. Dpeppers at cxspeakers.com is Don's email. You can find him easily on LinkedIn, as I did, and he puts his email address there. And, you know, have him come out and and share his words of wisdom for your team because the best product does not win the best customer experience wins the best team wins the best culture wins and don can help you get there so thank you don and i hope some folks reach out to you and and you get to provide the mentoring to them as you have for me and, and so many others thank you well thank you dave thanks very much it's been a real pleasure You bet. Have a good week. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you do so uh, in your app so that you get alerts every time we post a new uh, podcast. And right now I'm doing it at least once a week. So if you haven't clicked the subscribe button, please go do that. And don't forget to reach out to Don or myself. I do love your comments and suggestions. So if you've got feedback uh, for me or just want to let me know you're listening to the program and you enjoy it, um, just drop me a line either on LinkedIn or by email. Thanks so much. Everybody have a great day. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.